0: This is the letter
1: X. <emoji> and now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks internet radio broadcast.
0: letter X. Fortunately, you killed my mother.
1: Beautiful. Isn't it?
0: The reason we exist. We are the children of the Adam.
1: What I know about you, I'm surprised you've managed to stay this long.
0: What do you know about me? everything then you notice stay out of my head i'm sorry eric but i've seen what shorted
2: i've felt your agony i can help you
0: i don't need your help
1: what the hell did you put in my drink
2: welcome to the final <laughs> is this the final it's really the end of x-men month it is unless we manage to squeeze out a uh, a discussion episode for the new movie then yeah this this is it this is the grand finale and what a way to go out and yeah actually it's sort of a finale and it's like a lead-up to the new yeah. movie coming out so that works out pretty good and of course we are referring to 2011's X-Men First Class which this is actually the one I've been waiting for this whole month. I I was just going to say the same thing I mean
1: I've enjoyed all of them to you know to different degrees but yeah I agree with you this is the one I've been looking forward to because I'm not going to make any bones about it I'm just going to say it right at the beginning of the show I love this movie I loved it when it came out it completely took me by surprise I did not expect that yeah, I expected what I expected when I when I went in to say, you know, see any of the, the X-Men, you know, that I'd be entertained, that I'd get something out of it. It'd be fun for, you know, an hour and a half to two hours, and then that'd be it, you know? I did not expect when I walked in to see this movie in the theater that I would walk out going, wow, I have a new entry on my top five, you know, superhero movies of all time. And it's still there. I... I dig the hell out of this movie. Well, even with all the great movies that Marvel Studios have been putting out lately, you know, in their superhero roster, this one remains solidly on my top 5. I just think it's fantastic top, top to bottom.
2: Well, it's funny, your 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 intro there was sort of almost exactly like what I was going to do, which I would, I would say before we even start this, I'm just going to say it, this is my favorite X-Men movie so far. Mhm. I I I'm, I'm it's close with X-Men 2, but boy, this one is just a riot. Yep. And it, and this was another one where I went into it with zero expectations. I was just like, oh, they put together another X-Men movie. It looks like they did something, you know, a little off to the side with it. You know, so I was expecting something a little like low-key. Something along the lines of the um, Wolverine Origins yes movie where they yeah. just did a sort of not low budget but lower budget you know more just sort of a pulpy movie and well, this movie
1: began life as another x-men origins movie because originally whoever thought up the idea of x-men origins there were going to be two of them there was going to be x-men origins wolverine and there was going to be x-men origins magneto and something to do with With the Wolverine movie, I I guess the fact that it underperformed or something caused them to re-examine that whole thing. And so they still kind of went with an Origins movie, but instead of it being, you know, named X-Men Origins Magneto and being strictly Magneto, you got this, which is more of an origin of everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, Magneto is clearly front and center, and I like that. That's one of the things that really works about this movie But you also get an origin of, you know, Charles and basically the team. How did the X-Men, how and why, you know? And I really dig that. But I like that it's all wrapped around primarily Magneto's story. I I think that's the strength of this particular movie.
2: I agree. (laughs) Well, this is a long one. So I'm saying we just jump right in. and, and go ahead and dive right into this thing. All right. You guys all know the drill. I'm going to count down from three. We got it set at zero, 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 zero. And uh, when I say go, you push play, and we watch movie. Three, two, one, go. Here we go. Would it behoove them
1: to throw a little stinger onto the end of the 20th Century Fox thing?
2: Why did they do it, not just... To not use it—that's what I. Wanted. Oh, you
1: know what they did with this one? There's the like the Star Wars style. Uh, I take it back. I didn't think they did it with this movie. That's the the extended. I forget what they call it. it has an actual name. It's like f- you know 20th Century Fox Fanfare with something something extension. I forget what it's called now. It's on all the Star Wars albums.
2: I just I wonder why they didn't use the X Men extension that they made after they made it well that one the one
1: like if you're talking about the one for uh for x2 would have been scored by ottman whereas this one is scored by um henry jackman right and i'll be honest that is a major factor in my absolutely loving this movie is the score the score to this movie is great you know luke uh not luke jackanity um Dave Atterbury and I keep talking about doing uh, a a score, you know, some score. We want to do some score episodes together, and that is going to happen. But he had proposed an idea. I forget exactly what he was going to call it, but something like, you know, recent scores that we're listening to the most or something something to that effect. This is definitely one of them right here. I was... Endlessly impressed by the score to this movie and listen to it all the time as a matter of fact I was just listening to it uh, tonight while I was uh, making dinner Love the the score to this now right out of the gate this impressed me because I can't tell The scenes from the original X-Men versus the scenes that they they actually recreated this and reshot it
2: the whole scene
1: that's what I'm see that's what I'm not sure of did they reshoot the entire thing or did they use they footage and and inter, you know intersperse it I think it is an interspersion but it's pretty seamless yeah I mean it it really flows to a point where the first time I saw this I thought that can't be the same kid I mean clearly uh, what like a decade has passed yes. but damned if it doesn't look like him I mean really look like him
2: It might be his little brother. That could be. There might have been a little digital fiddling around too. Young
1: Charles reminds me of uh, of young Picard. There, did you ever see the one where
2: young Picard got? uh, Hmm, that's funny though. You know. Oh yeah,
1: you know I didn't even think of yeah. You know with being.
2: Maybe they might cast it by like pictures of him as a young kid or something.
1: Could be. But there was an episode of Next Gen where Picard went through a transporter accident that actually de-aged him to like a teenager. He was played by the same actor that played his nephew in an earlier episode. And this kid right here reminds me an awful lot of him. He's like a cross between that kid and like young Harry Potter or something. There's some great features on the um, on the DVD for this. If you ever get the DVD that shows like how they shot and how they set up that scene to shoot it to where she would actually lose size and stature and shrink down into a little girl. It was really clever how they worked that morphing technology. I, th- I thought that was cool. Something I never would have thought of where they actually like raised a portion of the floor and then they had a motion control camera. Uh, So where they back the shot off of the older woman and then back the shot off of the little girl, but the little girl actually lowers from a raised platform through the course of the shot, and then the two shots morph together, and it's seamless. But I never would have thought of that, you know? You never have to
2: steal again. I like how he can just adopt kids without even talking to his parents. (laughs) (laughs) Consider yourself adopted. I see... Man, not to put down the rest of this movie, but I would have been just as into a whole Magneto movie. Oh yeah. This is this is like Quentin Tarantino's style, like intensity and dialogue.
1: Mike Bailey and I have talked about that many times that you know, to me the scene I mean, I was digging this right out of the gate. I was impressed. You know, This scene coming up here was really impressive. There's a lot of stuff right at the beginning of the movie that was starting to suck me in. But where the movie just really nailed it for me, like, oh, my God, this movie is just, it, it's taking it to a whole new level, is the Nazi hunting scene. And Mike, ba- Mike Bailey and I have said it many times. I could watch a whole movie of that. Oh, yeah. I could watch a whole movie of just young Eric hunting down Nazis as Magneto. And that's what works best for me. But that's not to put down, you know, some of the other characters and some of the other actors either. Because that's another thing that really works for me is I enjoy everybody in this, which I can say with the other X-Men movies, You know, as much as I like all three of the prior ones, there's always little elements here or there. There's like a character I don't really care for, a scene that doesn't really work for me or something like that. I don't really have anything like that in this. I really like all of the characters and all of the actors.
2: Yeah, I can't think of any, like, weak performances. There might be some people who don't maybe get as much time. Right. like, but it doesn't really suffer from the other movies where they just swish someone in and out you know right. except for one character and that scene is classically hilarious I love I mean that's a brilliant cut right there from right. normal office and then you see it from the exact opposite you know from the opposite view and you see the saw, bone saws and the table and the glass door and you know Things have just gone wrong. This is some, you know, really good filmmaking. It, it, like you said, it went up, it went up a level in all pretty much all aspects of what they do in X Men movies: acting, um, script, and even the fun. The serious stuff is more serious. The fun, but the fun stuff is still fun in there, and tons of it. I I think this is maybe the most this is where it's broken away from it doesn't have that Chris Claremont feel as much anymore but it's become its own x-men movie thing right and, and it's really thriving as as such in this I mean that's this is just this scene could be in almost any kind of movie from the holocaust, you know?
1: Right. Love that look.
2: It's funny, when I first saw this, I was just like... Why isn't he flipping out? <laughs> you know, why doesn't he feel in danger? And, and then, you know, when his character is revealed... I love this, that's... Awesome looking, it almost looks like stop motion. Ow. Yes. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome.
1: So my kids want to see this with me, and this is the one scene that they don't like. They say that this scene doesn't work, but I think this scene totally works. Really? I think they thought it was a little bit cheesy with him screaming like that, but I
2: love it. He just had his mother shot in front of him. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty intense.
1: It is. It's heartbreaking.
2: I'm just surprised he didn't try to... Uh, the, the only thing that doesn't make any sense is why he didn't even try to take any of it out on Kevin Bacon. Right. Because I know why, from a story point of view, because it would um, sort of spoil you know his character
1: right the reveal
2: reveal later on in the movie but
1: this is one i really tried hard to go into not knowing much about it and i'm trying to remember i knew nothing Nothing. i'm trying to remember if i knew that kevin bacon was playing shaw and i can't remember if i knew that coming into the movie or not i just don't recall now, I remember being a little bit um, I don't know what the word would be just I see maybe I'm thinking just American currency but I thought are isn't coins they're not typically magnetic are they or are they
2: I don't know if he oh, I I I don't know if he's has power over only magnetic metal or just maybe it's all
1: metal yeah i hadn't thought of that before you're right yeah maybe it is all metal i was assuming that it was just you know metal with magnetic uh, properties to it that's cool little foreshadowing there (laughs) yes love this soundtrack i think he's fantastic
2: in this movie too At first, I was like, he doesn't look like Patrick Stewart, but then if you sort of just sort of mentally take his hair off, (laughs) yeah, you can see it, you know?
1: I like that they went for him completely. He's completely different as a character. I mean, this is how you can imagine crusty old Picard could have been as a younger, you know, cockier in it. Because there was a great episode of Next Gen where... Q takes Picard back in time to when he was a cocky young, I don't know, whatever he was, an ensign or whatever, on this space station and this fight that he got in that basically changed the entire course of his life. And you see him much this way. He's young, he's cocky, he's brash, he's a womanizer. And I like that. I mean, I'm sure that they weren't, you know, drawing back to that in any way, but I I like that idea of doing this, prequel and clearly showing that you know he didn't he was he wasn't this way all the time that he had started out you know it's just kind of a normal guy really and if you could have the powers that he has wouldn't you use it to get laid you know I like that
2: well yeah and this is the Professor X before life has dealt him any
1: (laughs) (laughs) any blows there's
2: been no consequences to any of his mutinous. it's he's he's young and excited about it and he's still super smart and and really he's still got his ethics and and morals and stuff but yeah he's he just has a sunny view of everything i think the the way that they use this movie to um cut between him and and Magneto, who survived, you know, a, a right. death camp, to um to really explain their 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 points of view is, I think it's brilliant. <laughs> and I like their relationship too. Yeah. It's, it's very this is well one been. of
1: the elements that really surprised me in, in the movie w- was actually having her in it in the in the first place, but having her actually be almost like a stepsister to Charles. It's just a it was a a direction I didn't expect them to go, and I think it works really really well.
2: Yeah, there's a little unrequited romance going on in there. Oh, too. definitely, yeah. But but it's all it's not played. Um it's not exactly super subtle but it's not played obviously and broadly like you would expect in a comic book movie. Right. And I kind of like those broad strokes in a comic book movie, but it works well in here cuz X-Men movies are usually have a little more going on in them, you know. What I like about
1: this movie is that this movie did what what the other some of the other movies suffered from which was this movie took its time. It slowed down to give you some story and some character beats and to to make these characters interesting three-dimensional characters for a change and not just... A, a mishmash of freaks that are thrown together right. and have a bunch of battles and a bunch of special effects. And at the end of it, you go, well, you know, that was a fun ride, but I didn't care about, you know, if if so-and-so got killed, who cares? He was never a real character anyway.
2: Yeah, well, a lot and, of times yeah. there was a lot of, like, you know, there's eight zillion mutants. This scene is, I love that, with his face reflected in the gold. Yeah. But, uh, it I, yeah. It's
1: very well directed.
2: yeah. I mean, once again, I got to keep bringing it up. This reminds me of like Inglorious Bastards by Quentin Tarantino, like a just a lightened-up version of it. It's just great. It's it's not even about Magneto's powers in this, although he does get to flex his mutant muscles a little bit in here. It's more about his his character and his intellect, you know. <laughs>
1: See, one thing that really works for me in this, and I I suspect maybe the thing that works the most for me in this movie is... I never noticed there's actually a little mark on the guy's face now from where he smacked himself. That's cool. Is the fact that this movie does what I have often said that comic book movies should do more often, which is it places it in the original era of the comics so it's taking place in the early 60s and i think that really plays into this it's one of the strengths of the movie is that it's a period piece that coupled with the fact that they were very obviously going for the feel of early james bond movies Mm -hmm. with the way things are directed the soundtrack that they use uh a lot of different shots that they do throughout the entire movie, the villain that they use and the way that, that Bacon plays the villain. It's like a mutant version of an, of a James Bond film, you know, like, like an early sixties one. And I love that. It, it really works on that level. I would love to see them do like, say a Spider-Man movie like this set in the Mm sixties, because Spider-Man to me is still at his core, you know, at least like origin story, is a '60s character. I'd love to see that.
2: Well, another I think that's great one of
1: the reasons the Spider-Man movies, the origin story Spider-Man movies, haven't really worked for me.
2: Well, another thing I like about it is they they made it a period piece. But and I and we, we talked about this before the show. I know you hate the Austin Powers, but they could have made it <laughs> like Austin Powers and right, had it. Yeah. And Charles Xavier has a little bit of yeah, baby, and then because he's got the the english accent stuff but they they captured the feel of the 60s and the look of it without overdoing it you know they could have had everybody in bell-bottom pants and hippies hanging around and stuff but no they made it very pretty much it looks like this looks like you this here looks like you just opened up a 1965 playboy magazine right and you know the color scheme of everything it's 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 beautiful i wonder how many movies we've done now that have had glenn
1: moore shower in them. because here he is again i love that guy he's just a great character actor
2: well the kind of movies we do they should all be pretty much rife with character actors
1: right i looked him up earlier today i was just kind of looking through his credits because i know a lot of movies that he's been in but i was just kind of curious like what else he might have been in that you know that i had ever seen or maybe had need to see because he's in it and uh he was actually uh, the helmsman of the enterprise b in generations and i never realized that before he was actually in a whole bunch of star trek in his younger years but i like that guy a lot he's only got a small part in this but i enjoy the part that he plays but that was another thing i really liked about this when we get later in the movie when we get to the cia a lot of those guys around the table in the cia scenes are Again, you know, small bit character actors that I've seen in other things, usually period pieces that I like as well. because the head uh, CIA guy, the one that's giving McTaggart her, her marching orders, is he was in one of the the very best episodes of uh, from the Earth to the Moon. I really like that guy. I forget his name off the top of my head. Matt something Matt Craven, I think is his name. little easy to that <laughs> that's some good door. acting the 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 look on her you know the surprise on her face Just it's subtly played but i really like it. it's very believable that she's like oh wait shit what <laughs> kind of easy to find that trigger though on that door <laughs> this is true well i always wonder what exactly is her plan here i mean if she had thrown that curtain open and and frost and Morshower were still sitting there
2: what was her plan what was she gonna say oh my bad Oh, she has no idea. She's, yeah, she's improvising. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: She would have been just like, oh, I'm, she probably would have played the dumb, you know, bimbo and be like, I'm sorry, I pushed a button and then they, I came in here. You know what was really nice about this was
1: I had to actively hunt for unfavorable reviews for this. Most of the reviews, I'm very happy, were really, really favorable of this. And, you know, about the most common uh, criticism, and there weren't a lot of criticisms that I read, but the most common one was uh, about Kevin Bacon. People just, it's not that he didn't like him, they just thought he was kind of just there, like a, you know, just like a two-dimensional, you know, James Bond villain or something, and I don't see him that way. I I think he's subtly nuanced in this movie. I really like his performance. I mean,
2: he starts out as... He starts out as a classic Dr. Mengele German-style guy. And then, you know, if if he overplayed it, it I, I mean, here's the thing. is I remember the Hellfire Club and his character and stuff, but not too detailed. Right. And it was also different than this. It wasn't set in the 60s. It was during the birth
1: right.
2: of... Of stuff, and he had big pork chop. He looked more 60s than that, though, because he had big red pork chop sideburns. I like him, but um, he, you know, he has to, and now he's like a suave, you know, James Bond villain with a, right. the perfect English accent. And uh, yeah, it's this guy right here that's Matt Craven. Love that guy, he's a great actor.
1: <laughs> and there
2: he is. i my position should put Hope he had time to change his shorts. Well, that's what I said Colonel Henry's in like his tuxedo though. They're not like, dude, what are you? you you look like you just came out from, you know, a night at a Broadway play or something. <laughs> now, when I first saw this, this guy
1: I know oh, I'm th- I'm sorry. I'm thinking of a different part of the movie. Never mind. There's a guy at the table later in the CIA scene, the one that ends up taking them and and setting them up in their new headquarters and everything, who I I thought he was a different character. I'll, I'll point him out when we get there. That's who I thought she was in the car with there for a minute, I forgot. I thought they did a really good job on
2: the fashions in this too. Yeah, well, like, the, the hills are alive. <laughs> that's oh, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> they they just did not overdo it. You know what I mean? They did they, right. they 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 just played it exactly right for who the characters would be. And none of this takes place in like anywhere where there would be hippies hanging around or right. well, this is pre hippie too actually. God this isn't that it, weird. I love, this scene. love this scene. This scene this is another Tarantino like you know this is out of like an academy award winning movie. Fastbinder is a great actor. He's, oh, he's fantastic. Fantastic. He knows he knows How old is he, do you know? I don't know. I think he's like in his mid 30s.
1: Because, you know, I've heard a lot of people toss around that guy. Oh, what the hell's his name? Ham something, I think. John Ham or something from yeah. Mad Men mm-hmm. as a potential Superman, but he was just a little too old. I think this guy would make a hell of a That's Superman. That would be interesting. He's got a good look. What's funny is the, the pig farmer guy reminds me of Yakov Smirnoff for some reason. <laughs> Well, he actually, what he reminds me of is he reminds me of that actor that for years I thought was Yakov Smirnoff, just older. He was the one that played Peter Parker's landlord in the Spider-Man movies. He oh, was also yeah. the, the Russian cosmonaut in 2010. For years, I thought that guy was Yakov Smirnoff, and he's not. He's actually a completely different person.
2: Love this scene. Tink. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Just, he just not, he's just, it's just, he doesn't mess around, but he's still toying with them, but it's just so meticulous. The eyes, the eyes are great. Yep. He's totally confident. I love it. Yeah, he's Magneto. (laughs) Yeah, check it out.
1: Wow! If you l- ever watch this in Surround Sound with a really good subwoofer, every time he uses his magnetic powers, the, the like, sound is just awesome. Just rocks the whole room. Take that, David Niven!
2: <laughs> Ouch! I wouldn't want to keep that knife out of your hand for too long. I've got a beer to finish. I'm Batman.
1: I'm
0: Frankenstein's monster.
1: Love it. I almost hate to point this out because I don't want to ruin the scene or or bring any of this moment down because I love this part. But wasn't the intent to track down Shaw if he kills everybody in that bar, then how is he progressing in his search? Or is that all he needed, was just to see him in the picture?
2: Maybe that's all he needed, yeah. Maybe, I, I wonder, about, every he,
1: time I watch that scene, I wonder about that, like, wait a minute, so shouldn't he have saved one of them for questioning or something? But still, like I say, I don't want to ruin the scene, because I, I love that scene. Love it, love it, love it. Congratulations, Professor. Thank you very much. It's, it's much harder than it looks, actually. No, on your presentation. Oh, you my presentation.
2: How nice of you. Thank you very much. He's a total. He thinks he's so smooth. Yeah. Well, I love this. I love watching his... uh, She just shoots him down. Yeah, She's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a scene
1: that got cut that actually shows them getting it on. Oh, really? I'm wondering why they cut it out and everything that, you know... There's a little hint of romance at the very end of the movie, but I'm wondering why they cut out You know, showing that they really were kind of getting, you know, getting together and everything. Because I'm trying to remember what the deal was in the comics. They, I think, they had a child together that I can't remember what the whole deal was with it. Now it's it's been such a while since I've been on my X Men read through. I can't remember what the deal was, but I want to say they had a child together that was a mutant. That was ah shit. I can't
2: remember. Somebody will write in and tell us. Yeah uh, I I saw a post where somebody was talking about that and it's a very muddled. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like the I am my own grandpa type thing. <laughs> right. On. Still drinking champagne, Bob? I will pass. It's a good scene. Okay, well, so much
1: for the pleasant- well, remember the story where I don't know if it's the story that introduces her in the comics, but it's the story where I think I met her in the comics for the first time. It was during the 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 Claremont Burn run. That story with Proteus wasn't Proteus her son. I can't remember. But was Charles Proteus's father? That's what I can't remember. I don't think he was, though. <clears throat> Pardon me. I don't think he was. I don't. I just don't remember. i like this scene because it kind of establishes shaw which for the life of me i could not remember what the hell the deal was with him was yeah because all i remembered about shaw was from and it might not even be shaw come to think of it but remember the story with the initial story with the hellfire club in the comics is where wolverine cuts up a whole bunch of them down in the sewer right there was a story later on where those guys didn't die. They were all like given like the $6 million man treatment, so then they were like mutant cyborgs or something, and it just got really ridiculous after a time. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that Shaw was going to be the bad guy in this, I remember having that thought of, really? Because that could be really silly if they're going the whole mutant cyborg route and everything. So I'm glad they didn't. I actually like his power set in this. It's pretty cool. Yeah.
2: Among us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything. The wood paneling on the wall. Yep. It's all just subtle. The glasses that people are wearing. It's just really nice. The phones. There was a, a seltzer water dispenser in the last scene that we've got yeah. in our house here. Whoever had the job look at the old tape recorder in yeah. the background they just really oh, the set homework.
1: design is awesome it, yeah. it's so good
2: I would you know a dream job would be the the guy who just gets to travel around and find props for for mm-hmm. movies like this and you know set up a set like this it's just amazing
1: See, I was reading something somewhere that this guy he's talking to right here, the striker, I assume because they name dropped him, that he was the same striker that we saw in X2 and the same striker that was in X Men uh, Origins Wolverine, but apparently he's supposed to be the father of that striker.
2: And I'm just Uh, wondering
1: if that math works. I, you know, I, yeah, down to actually work it out. He does look like he'd be a little old to be the same guy, but. Interesting nonetheless this is the guy I was talking about right here the one they just zoomed in on you know who I thought that was. I thought he was Hank McCoy Oh so they show him walking in a moment here they show him walking in the uh, in the parking garage and, and through the hallways. He has a weird gait when he walks that I thought for sure that he was going to turn out to be the beast because I knew the beast was going to be in the movie. But I didn't know who was playing him or anything.
2: He reminds me of a younger version of the guy who does Prairie Home Companion. I can't remember (laughs) his name off the top of my head. Yeah, I know what you mean. And that guy who was sitting next to Stryker looked like Bill (laughs) O'Reilly. Back there a couple scenes ago.
1: What's funny is a lot of these. See how he walks. He's just got a yeah. like a almost like an ape like gait to him.
2: And I, <laughs> yes. I just
1: you know I really thought that he because in the comics I remember reading something about when the Beast would you know before he gained the ability or I don't I don't know my Beast history real well but for a time he he, he reverted to a human being and then I think he even had the ability to like switch back and forth between like the blue furry Beast and the human I think. But for a time when he was the blue furry beast and couldn't become human, he actually would disguise himself as a human with, I don't know, like a latex mask or something. But he had to wear some weird rig that would like stretch his body out mm-hmm. to make him actually
2: walk, walk and
1: everything. Like, yeah, stand upright essentially and walk like a human being. And that's I thought that's where that was going with that guy's weird walk. It's a good scene, too. Make it stop!
2: I like how he just reverts back to the German. I love it. He's basically a vampire. Mm Mm-hmm. Immortal and feeding off, not as the blood of others, but feeding off energy.
1: We don't harm our own kind, except when we do. When we do a lot. <laughs> now this is one thing I wondered about. Oh, you know what? Never mind. I was thinking they were on jet skis. It looks like they
2: are on not. jet skis yeah. at that last shot. but Yeah,
1: they're actually in pontoon boats, which I guess they would have had in the
2: 60s. I'm guessing. I don't know. I like all the psychic stuff. Has yeah, but got a bit the, of cheesy the t- 60s to it, but it's still really, like, modern-looking. I don't know. It's neat.
1: Oh, you mean like when they zoom in and out with oh. the psychic powers type yeah, of thing? Yeah,
2: when he was reading the agent's mind in the bar, and you just right. see the weird, and they've got a little bit of, like, rainbow um, trails coming off him, you know, like he's reading a TV screen that's off a little bit, you know? It's I have that
1: mutant power out of my ass after I've been to Taco Bell, just to say. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. guy. The thing with him constantly touching his temple like that, though, is a little bit strange. I thought. I mean, it's it's a visual clue that he's using his power. You know what I mean? So I guess they have to throw it in there, but it's a little bit too reminiscent of when Cyclops has to touch his visor for the different sights, you know?
2: Love the music in this part. It's funny, the thing about the... the the special effects and, like, this is a... I mean, this is really cool with the... Oh, yeah! Although I would've just laid down and let it pass over me a little while back. But still, the coolest stuff in this movie is all character stuff and dialogue stuff. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's not that the that the effects and the action are boring or not great. It's that's just...
1: A, that's a beautiful yeah. effect.
2: It's so simple.
1: I mean obviously he's being dragged but just the way they do it, you don't see a chain or anything. Whatever it is that's moving him, you don't see it. So it, it's completely convincing. His brain is getting a thorough scrubbing at that point.
2: <laughs> He's getting a, his nostrils cleaned out, I'm sure. That was no small
1: uh, feat right there.
2: No. Charles Xavier, man of action. <laughs> you have to let go. I know what this means to you, but you're going to die. Please, Eric, calm your mind.
1: I found the the friendship and the interplay between these guys really, really good and it's very convincing, I thought.
2: it really um, shows you why Professor X is visiting him in jail after X-Men. You know, why they're still, even as a supervillain, Professor X is going to still, will even team up with him, but it's still trying to turn him, even though... Really, you know, he's gonna turn out to be kind of a mass murderer, in a lot of ways. And if not a successful mass murderer, at least he tries real hard. A lot. Of he tries, time. yeah. He does kill a lot of people, but man, he really wanted to kill. Even I like that covert CIA <laughs> research base.
0: <laughs> not base where here. it is.
2: <laughs> now this here is where. I think the movie could have gone either way for me where it could have gotten cheesy when they start bringing the other mutants in. Mm-hmm. That's where that's the thing I didn't like about other X-Men movies where it's like here's this guy and here's this guy you've been waiting to see this guy. But in this the one the thing
1: that this one does that really impressed me was that this was the first time I liked everybody. Because with with the prior x-men movies and even other like team of freak movies there's usually at least like one character that
2: just doesn't work there's for me. a pyro for you know mine was pyro
1: or you know one that just you just you know you just don't connect with them or you just actively dislike them in this i liked everybody i thought this guy was really good as you know the stereotypical nerd you know playing uh, you know Hank McCoy. I, I really liked havoc. I thought havoc was fantastic in this
2: And he's not too stereotypical of a nerd. And she's like You're super- he plays it really well. Yeah. He,
1: you know he, he's he's a stereotypical nerd without coming off as a stereotype. That's I mean that's a hell of a feat to pull
2: off, so to speak. Comes the actual f- pulling off with the feet. Good timing on that phrase. I, you see, I don't know why he'd be so embarrassed about that. That's pretty cool, and it's better looking than a lot of people's feet. And I he like just, her. He She's just like spend
1: more time at the beach because I'm pretty sure I've seen people with feet like that hanging out at the beach before.
2: I I like the line that she goes. You're super smart, and you can tell she starts being attracted to him because it's something that reminds her of of xavier and i like i and i like that magneto just sort of he's always has that feel of being on the side and he's just got this like oh you poor naive sunshiny (laughs) youths you know through the whole thing he's just standing back just like you guys have had it so easy and have no idea how awful people are. I've heard her uh, vastly criticized in
1: this movie, but I think she works for exactly what she is. I don't think she's a, a particularly good actress, but she's not meant to be in this. She's window dressing. She's his busty, you know, cute, kind of naive mall. And she completely works in that role, I think.
2: Yeah. She's not as fun as, say, like a Miss Teschmacher, but. Right. What am I thinking? Yeah, no, I, I, I think it would have definitely improved the mo- movie if she was a better actress and ha- was a more dynamic character, but it doesn't need her to be. You know, her role is very small in this. Right. Anyway. And I like the I, I like the whole thing that he crea- created the Magneto helmet.
1: I like that they have the actual Magneto helmet in this one because I wasn't crazy about the design of it
2: in the other movies, but this one's pretty much straight up comic book Magneto helmet. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I love the fancy technology as two dial-up phones stuck on the wall. <laughs>
1: That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I want my own supervillain submarine that I can just bring up in the middle of the Arctic Circle.
1: (laughs) Better hope they don't turn that turbine on. See, I completely bought this between the two of them.
2: Mm -hmm. No, she's a really good actress. She really sells her... Everybody just sells their part really well. She has kind of a, I'm not sure how
1: to describe it. She has kind of a funny look even when she's in her human form. She still looks.
2: Well, she's uh, got like that Drew Barrymore doughy face. Yeah. Going on, you know. Yeah,
1: a little baby girl. face, I guess. Yeah, maybe that's it. Corn fed
2: farm girl. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Uh, You you, you see her before, you know, she became bitter. Right. See, I think he's
1: very convincing. He reminds me a little bit of like David Schell or something. Yeah. (laughs) Awkward around the girl. Very smart. Very intelligent. Never really knows the correct thing to say. He's always a little bit put off. Or not put off, but a little bit, you know, at a loss, I guess, is what I meant to say
2: just not as weird looking as david shell Was that a
1: bowl full of twinkies?
2: What I wouldn't give for a bowl full of twinkies right now. <laughs> <laughs> Saucy. See, I like I like Magneto just stepping in and just like Right. Cuz well, frankly, no, if I was in this situation, I would be more like Magneto than Xavier. Right. I would be more of the flaunted type.
1: Well, I, I long ago came to the realization that that's why my uh, my mutant powers never kicked in because I would I would instantly use them for my own personal gain. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I, I would not be you know as much as he's my hero. I would not be Superman where I suddenly granted you know superpowers. I would not be the the altruistic, you know, lay it all on the line for humanity. I'd be like, ah, screw these people. I'm using my superpowers for. I'm building a nice house on the yeah. mountain somewhere. Exactly. I'm gonna lord it over humanity as much as possible, depending on what my, you know, mutant power would turn out to be.
2: Heat vision keeps mailman away. Oh man, heat vision. <laughs>
1: Can you imagine us as teenagers with heat vision? There would have not have been There's, a car left in the area that we're, we grew cuz I remember after seeing Superman 2 thinking that's the ability I want right there. The scene where where Zod's just blowing up car after car with just a glance, I was like, "Yep, that's the
2: one I want right there." Yeah, you could have done like in the last movie and just picked up cars, tossed them and then lit them and
1: <laughs> Can you imagine?
2: I like the sort of proto-cerebro, too. See, and I like this, that they were sort of like a Scully and Mulder Right. for a while, for a, a short time. Going the hell out is fighting. that
1: thing behind Charles? It's like one of those modern art, 60's type of... I don't know what that was supposed to be, but it was cool looking. Now it's not there. Where is it? Oh. Oh, there it was. It was back. Oh, was that a continuity glitch? Maybe. This is back when Epcot was really small. It was just that, just
2: the globe. <laughs> Welcome to Cinesphere. <laughs> You will experience oh, real movement. Well, this is movement. one of those
1: movies where they show up on the on the ball and yeah, they
2: yeah. They're just going to take him on a roller coaster ride, <laughs> right, to the streets of San Francisco <laughs> on a runaway trolley car. <laughs> Went to one of those things when I was
1: a kid once, almost puked. Didn't they have that at like the Jefferson County Fair or
2: something? Oh like yeah, that? wasn't that yeah. one of those things? Yeah, fair. Yeah, you're supposed to stand up the whole time. Yeah cheesy. I love that they got the old style computers with the blinking lights, and it looks like a 60's <laughs> set, you know?
1: I've had enough jokes for one night! Good night, future boy!
2: This, I mean, this set does just... does like
1: Doc Brown from Back to the Future, though?
2: <laughs> just, uh, we saw a preview for a, uh... with something like There's a Hundred Ways to Die in the Old West or something oh, yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. And the last scene was a guy opening the door to a barn and Doc Brown was in there just covering up the DeLorean and like oh Oh, that's cool that's very Christopher Lloyd and he's just like oh hey how are you doing (laughs) and like covering up the DeLorean so that that that's the I hope I wonder if it's just going to be a throwaway gag or if it could be some sort of weird tie-in it would be funny if it was
1: See this movie does what you had said they should have done in the in the first one where Magneto or no it was Professor X uses Cerebro to find Rogue. At, remember she was at the the train station and you said oh just I, they right have just the cut to their, and that's what they do here. I think that you know they learned or something because I, I think it totally works that way. <laughs>
2: Vicar. That's how you know they're British. This, although, is she going to do this like, she's doing this in full view of the club.
1: Yeah, I I think that every time I watch this, it's like, can't can't anybody just see right through there? Or is it
2: it, uh, one way? I think they had one way glass in those days. I oh know my <laughs> exactly <laughs> all he needs is a hat I'm surprised that somebody in Hollywood didn't see this guy and go let's do a good times <laughs> remake." you know what I mean right well could
1: come back and play his own father on the show exactly
2: they would have him playing you know or the drunk guy downstairs or something <laughs> I like this kid as Banshee. Well, he reminds me of like the older kids when we were kids. He's kind of a, yeah. yeah, he would be reading Mad Magazine and yeah, if he was a kid these days, he would be like a video into video games and stuff. He's just a now find Nemo, bitch.
1: Uh, She just totally blows him off. Poor kid. He reminds me of uh, Ron from the the Harry Potter films a little bit.
2: Yeah. Genius. Genius, genius. (laughs) Could have lived without it, but it's still pretty funny. Oh no, I... I, I, they had... It's... Wolverine's been in every movie. Yeah, it's just like you gotta throw them in every movie, and that was brilliant. That was brilliant. Earned their PG-13 right there.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah I remember when I saw this the first time in the theater, I thought, "Whoa, they just they just dropped
1: the F bomb there. What was that all about?"
2: They got Kinda they got one or two surprised. of them on PG-13. I'm not sure. Congratulations, you are now sterile i like to get a little tan. Well,
1: you know, he makes it sound... There's something... I, I don't know if the scene's gone by yet or not, but he makes a little speech at one point that makes it sound like he's... like he's literally saying that mutants are affected by, like, radiation. And that kind of threw me a little bit is is that really what he's saying because he says something to the effect like you know what will kill them will only make us stronger or something to that effect and it shows if like anyway <laughs> yeah well yeah him but like somebody like charles whose only mutation presumably is that he's he's a psychic wouldn't he die of radioactive fallout just the
2: same as anybody else you would think so or it would it would mess up their genetics even more you know it does. I mean, just because they're mutated, I don't know i don't know. I, I guess I don't know the science behind right mutants i I didn't think they were like because their parents had been you know somewhere down the line exposed to radiation. I thought it was just right. a quirk in human genetics.
1: was that shot in front of the Lincoln Memorial? Was that a composite, or was that I think really, so. really? Yeah, because it kind of looked like it might have been.
2: He's got those fish Fish lips. Green onions
1: in the background. I love it. Who does? Banshee has fish lips? Yeah. (laughs) A little bit. He even walks like JJ. I know. Uh, That's freaky.
0: (laughs) This
2: reminds me of, like, it's funny, this reminds me of a bunch of kids, this reminds me of, like, kids just sent off to college, you know? Right. They're meeting a right. bunch of other kids and, like, Uh eh, you know, these aren't my friends or the people I'm used to, but everybody's sort of...
1: Whoops. You know how much glass costs? To name,
2: angel. We're gonna get in trouble.
1: That's disgusting. <laughs> I don't like a girl who spits
2: the F bomb and a dick joke all in. I'm trying to see what that pinball machine is in the background.
1: I like Alex. I like uh, Havoc in this. Did they ever call him Havoc? I can't remember. I was really surprised that he was one of the mutants that they picked for this movie, but I think he works really well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The only one I don't know from the comics is... Um, what's his name? Darwin? I don't know. I I have a feeling that they maybe made him up for this movie, but I don't know that for sure. So, radioactive hula hoops. Cool.
2: No, I do like his power, though. It's pretty cool. Yeah, his is one of the most useful weapon-like powers. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, he's essentially Cyclops when he finally refines his powers. He's, he's basically Cyclops that shoots it out of the center of his body. Now, he and uh, Cyclops, they're brothers, right?
2: I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think so.
1: I've heard that somewhere before. Yeah, I
0: like this quote. I don't know why. exceptional bunch of young people. What the hell?
1: I like his, uh, his jacket. Magneto's jacket.
2: They're drunk.
1: like Jimmy Olsen when he was Turtle Boy.
2: We got into our <laughs> LSD stash.
1: Uh-oh. Busted by mom.
0: Who destroyed the statue? It was Alex.
1: <laughs> Just completely rats him out without even thinking about it. you should Professor
2: X and you should I love that the lights are all swinging in the background. Right. It reminds me of... Did you ever see the movie Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? No. Oh, God. There's a scene where this... Where as Michael Caine in it. Michael Caine and Steve Martin is con men. And they're scamming this rich widow and Michael Caine's dating her and he's he's getting her money, but he's trying he's supposed to marry her, but then the catch is that his brother's this like retarded guy named Ruprecht, which is played by Steve Martin, you know, and that's supposed to turn her off to getting married. And he goes in He's like, you're going to meet my brother Ruprecht and he's special, you know, special needs and stuff. And you hear all this noise in the room. And when they open it up, Steve Martin's just sitting there, like, very calmly with his hands, like, grasping between his knees. But you see a tire swing in the background, just swinging back and forth.
1: <laughs> this part reminded me a lot of, uh, of uh, some of the montage scenes in Captain America. Mm-hmm. Like, Cap took the motorcycle and went to the Nazi uh, fortress and stuff. I thought that was cool.
2: This guy reminds me, the guy who was opening the door looks like Will Ferrell a lot. (laughs) That's cool. I don't know if World War II stories ever lose their appeal, but... Well, this is actually Cold War, now that I think about it. <laughs> this is classic, like, resistance fighter. They're all in mm-hmm. resistance fighter gear. Magneto's get, even got his, his hat on. Right.
1: Yeah, they look like the French Resistance or something. Yeah. Yep. That's a great effect. There's a bonus feature on the on the Blu-ray I was watching that uh, that shows how they do that that zoom-in effect. It's all a bunch of stills that they composite together real fast. Ah. it's just a really cool effect, though. I, honey, I'm a lot company. Hmm. Not a lot better actor, though. <laughs> <laughs> trying to check out her ass. He's not coming. Eh. this is great
2: uh, <laughs> the one guys is it's like whatever <laughs> now couldn't
1: he have potentially used his mind whammy powers to stop him if he really
2: wanted to he would uh, yeah but I don't know if I'd want to piss off Magneto either this is
1: true I wouldn't want him to pull all my fillings out. I'd want to,
2: yeah. I'd want to be able to go to sleep at some point in my life. Don't you don't
1: have to say a word. Oh yeah, baby!
2: It's good to be king. <laughs> <laughs> lots of lots of ladies in their underwear in this. <laughs> That's <one>. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's Slinky. It's Slinky, and <laughs> it's a wonderful toy. I'm just
0: start World War III
2: <laughs> what eats up guards alone in front yards?
0: and <laughs> 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 <Wait. laughs> Dragon.
2: I'm
1: sorry. Can't leave him. That's great. Just makes the guns fly apart. Love
0: it. Huh?
2: <laughs> I wasn't gonna remember your face anyway. Pathetic. <laughs> man she's really tiny in his uh he must or he must be on her boobs by then, yeah, eh <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute oh,
0: sure.
2: sleep. <sighs> what a day.
1: he could make a fortune in the
2: uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think her what? effect is okay but it's...
1: Yeah. yeah, see, I can't decide if I like the whole diamond, because I think, isn't she supposed to turn into diamonds? At least in the comics I thought it was diamonds. Here it's more like she's like a... Uh,
2: Mirror ball or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, like she turns into a prism or something. Because he's, he's actually able to crack it here in this scene. If she was diamond, it wouldn't matter how hard he squeezed, right? God, diamonds aren't going to crack.
2: They'll crack. Factor. You can break diamonds yeah but they're just Again? very hard oh sure how do you think they cut up They they don't come out of the ground like that they cut them in facet up oh
1: yeah I know but still
0: Eric,
2: yeah actually I don't know if the metal would be actually stronger than the diamonds
1: yeah that's what I'm thinking still I like the scene <coughs> <laughs> I bet he'd like that this is a great scene <laughs> i love that look I just like I'm that doing. with the missiles flying back and forth like that's a, that's a really good effect
2: nice scene with actual explosions on the map yep yeah it's, her, it's it's him reading an idea it's great <laughs> Yeah, this is right
1: here. Yeah. That's the scene I was talking about. So
2: he's making it sound like the radiation won't bother them at all. This is tying into... I've been watching Beneath the Planet of the Apes for Planet of the Apes Month. (laughs) Tying in just a little bit.
1: (laughs) That'd be an interesting way to take the story. Uh, that magneto brings about the planet of the Apes I, 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 it works for me that
2: would be great it would all work out and there's your game right there Jesus, man, funnel funland it must be <laughs> funnel
1: that <laughs> yeah, pretty pre video games I love the look of that I love that that whole that whole style yeah no? on,
2: let's see the book.
1: that whole art deco. 60s style like that. I am such a sucker for that. Love it.
2: I like how they have sort of a curtained window, almost like they're in a zoo. Right. Yeah, they're on
1: display in there. I mean, is this what they do? They just hang out in that room all day long? That's pretty
2: boring. It's like the it's like the real life or whatever the the Big Brother or any of the. It's like a reality show
1: this part is pretty brutal i I gotta be honest i was a little bit shocked that uh that they went this route in this but that's one of the reasons i really again it's another reason i really enjoy the movie is that after feeling very much like some of the things that didn't work in the third x-men were because maybe they they toned it back they they had the kids and selling action figures in mind this one doesn't go that route this one does not really seem to pull punches just because they think there might
2: be some kids in the audience. I like because I mean, That's freaking brutal, man. Character. I thought he was going to be their sort of like. <laughs> their cue or whatever, you know? Right.
1: Yeah. Which is a shame. I, I did. I liked him too. He's got a little bit of a pig nose when he's wearing the uh, Magneto yes. helmet, I've noticed. Where do I find the more evolved people? <laughs> that's a great line.
2: But I like this. I like this whole sequence. Oh, I do
1: too. I like how the attack mirrors Nightcrawler's attack from the second movie without mirroring it, you know what I mean? It's a completely different style of attack using the same power. That's a great effect.
2: That is very cool. These guys are like, what the hell? But it's a great from going from normalcy to chaos of things just going south really quick. Right. And that's a classic X-Men trope is you got uh, th- this actually kinda reminds me of like new mutants or something. You know. Right. With younger younger, completely untrained mutants and then they're and in classic style, they're forced into combat, you know, they're forced into... Could she run past the screen one more time, please?
1: That's that's a a really good scene. The tail's MUCH more convincing on him than
2: they did with uh, with Nightcrawler too. Yeah. Not
1: that Nightcrawler's looked bad, but it Techno- was still that early CGI.
2: Yeah, technology's come, come a long way in just a few short years.
1: Yeah.
2: Ow. The CGI in this is way more natural. Oh yeah. But it's so funny with Mystica. she? she's like the one most freaked out and someday that's going to be her, you know, <laughs> Right. storming into the places. Guy, the guy off to the right looks like John Travolta in public. <laughs> <laughs> you start expecting him to do the Batman Batusi dance. My Sebastian. See, I, I wonder know, why it's... he takes his helmet off.
1: Well, one of them said that the uh, what did he say? Something like he walked in and he said, "Where's the whatever he called him psychic or whatever? the mind reader or whatever?" And then one of them said, Oh well, he's not here." So he he only wears it just to keep Charles out of his head, theoretically, anyway. I really like him in this. Banshee looks like he's about to bust out crying.
2: Yeah, Kevin Bacon's a good bad guy. He's I think he's he better is bad guy than a good guy. He's he's played the heavy in a bunch of movies and he's been that suit that movie Super, which I don't think you've seen yet. No. He uh he plays the heavy in that.
1: I need to, I just need to see more of his stuff cuz I know he uh hey, and Footloose, man, you got to see Footloose. No, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I really liked him in uh I thought he was really good in Apollo 13. I thought he played a really good role in that one too.
2: I mean, most I mean most. I mean they made I've that game that, and I really liked. They made that degree of Kevin Bacon game after him. So if you ever wanted to like see his movies, there's a zillion of them. <laughs> right? I always wanted to see
1: Hollow Man. I still haven't seen that one yet. I heard he was really good in that one. He's good in it. It's
2: one of Verhoeven's weaker weakest movies. Oh, that's a Verhoeven it's, movie? Yeah, which Why means it's good, but it's not up to. It's not it's nowhere in the league of like RoboCop or Starship Troopers.
1: Right. But it How has the first in-
2: it has mm-hmm. the first nude boob being fondled by an invisible man. Yeah, I remember
1: hearing about that.
2: That's cool.
0: Protecting your fellow it's a noble gesture. It feels good.
2: See, I thought he said we don't don't harm our own. Yeah. But then he just said, if you're not with us, you're against us. This is true, too. This is a brutal scene.
1: Yeah, it is. I like this scene. I just want to know. I hope somebody writes in to to answer this. I just want to know, is this guy made up for this movie, or is he an existing mutant from the comics? I
2: just don't remember him if he is. No, me neither. I'll bet you they made him up just because... If it was a real one, they probably wouldn't be able to kill him. Or they'd be able to, but it wouldn't be a good idea to. Right. Yeah, I like that scene. That's a nice little piece of digital imagery right there. I'm assuming that's all digital imagery. (laughs) It's a stock shot from Superman 4.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Plus, they had me at... Cuban Missile Crisis too I mean, I'm a sucker for stuff set in that that era, one of my favorite movies is 13 Days, I love that movie and right around the time this movie was out, I think was right around the time that Michael and I were covering uh, the uh, Crisis on Earth Prime story over on Tales of the Justice Society of America and that whole story takes place during the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis another superhero story set in the Cuban Missile Crisis. So, um, I'm just just—I'm a sucker for that whole era.
2: Well, this isn't just set there. They make it a... Oh, it's a plot point, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's, it's actually a set piece of the movie, which, yeah. again... It's kind of a brilliant. little
2: Forrest Gump style.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. But I, I love that. I'm a sucker for that. I think they should do more superhero movies like that set them in a, in a historical context and tie them in uh-huh well Captain America worked really well like that absolutely it's it's one of the reasons that uh, that Iron Man 2 works so well for me because you know granted it's a it's a fictionalized version but tying it into the whole you know World's Fair of 1964 I love that I'm totally a sucker for stuff like this oh they smashed Benny the cab Gonna need a shitload of screen doors.
2: <laughs> they still got their the still got their hair styled and everything though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like his John Lennon glasses. I just realized that. Never caught that before.
2: He's got like a total linen
1: look going on there.
2: I like that. As soon as he's like, we can avenge them. They're just like, hmm. I like the guy lecturing his troops in the background. You, go over there! <laughs> you, go over there! Get your plastic ray guns right here! <laughs> I'm gonna make some more motions with my hands. We can't stay here. So we'll avenge them. We'll become we be the Avengers. We've
0: got nowhere to go. Yes, we
2: do. I'm adopting more people. Where's parents? Are his parents just never home, and they don't notice like adopted <laughs> sisters and changing into the X
1: mansion? See, I actually like that they don't ever they don't ever spend any time on that. No, I no. kind of like that. You don't uh, actually
2: see his parents; just a fake version of him of his mom.
1: That's cool. Yeah, she's not the strongest actress in the movie. That looks CG, but I'm not entirely
2: sure. But it looks good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is a a CG shot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Thirteen Days. I know. It's yeah, so that's funny. that guy that gets blown up by Robocop at the and near the very end of the movie.
2: Yeah. It's so funny. I see these war rooms, and I'm like, they're such a movie cliche, but they actually <laughs> have rooms like this. Yeah. Complete. I mean, this is right out of Doctor Strangelove. This is yours. No, it's, ours. it's ours. Then I can sell it. <laughs> What's going for? Honestly,
1: Charles. What Is that the, the same the place from Bill- Greystoke?
2: I don't know. That's a good question. That might be a movie we might want to do one day. Oh, so, I would love to do Greystoke. I love that movie. I haven't seen that in a long time, and I love that. I saw that in the theater, and I have a great theater story for that one. But, I, yeah, I loved it. I loved how they did the realistic quote-unquote realistic Tarzan story
1: I love that movie love it love it I'd always wish that they had done one more at least one more because I know that uh, for the longest time Christopher Lambert was bucking to do uh, a modernized version of uh, Tarzan in New York and I think that could have been a lot of fun they never did make any more of them though
2: that guy was like a Pointy faced Alfred Hitchcock, <laughs> right?
1: President
2: I love. That. Here's where we get really Forrest Gump.
1: Yeah. All
2: for I guess there's some mini movie that goes that they put out with Magneto and the JFK's um, assassination or something. Oh, really? It's supposed to tie in with. The, I think it's a promo piece for the new movie coming out. Ah. Yeah. It's like the bent bullet theory or something like that. You know,
1: I heard about that, but I didn't know what it was.
2: I just I saw a link for it, but I had I hadn't had a it's chance. It's all fun and games
1: well. till somebody's eye gets put out.
2: <laughs> what if all of a sudden a bird lands when he pulls the trigger? He's like, bird,
1: oh, <laughs> squirrel. Yeah.
2: Kick him in the balls, right. that might piss him off enough. <laughs> Shoot him in the balls.
1: See, I like this because for a change you're not just getting the name professor, you know, you're actually seeing him teaching. And I like that. Because I didn't get that from the other movies. Well, they had him
2: teaching, but he was like, you know, teaching science and math. Right, exactly.
1: It was just a token scene of him lecturing or something. I like this where you actually see his teaching style and the things that he's he's teaching them. He's teaching
2: them how to expensive antique mirrors and stuff. (laughs) The thing is, he's not much older than them. No. It's like, what makes you so wise? Maybe he's supposed to be like a child prodigy or something. Well, he was, yeah, he was talking like a full adult back when he was a little kid, too, so... Right. Plus, he's
1: he's British. Yeah. They just sound smarter than everybody else.
2: S- smarter and more mature.
1: But having met some British people, I I know that that's... Well, I won't say
2: it. Yeah, right. I was just going to say, like like Andy.
1: Just just in case he might be listening, you know? (laughs) Just on the off (laughs) chance. I was so impressed that they went this route with Banshee. I did not see this coming, and I thought, that's awesome.
2: It's, uh, I mean... I can see how Banshee flies from the comics in my mind. And uh, I think they captured the idea of it really well.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, though, I mean, did you see that coming? Because that's the same kind of thing I was saying during the Avengers commentary when we saw the the uh, helicarrier liftoff. If somebody had told me a, a few years ago that we would get a movie with... The helicarrier, or a movie like you know, like this, we'd get a movie with flying, screaming banshee, right out of the comic books. I'd say you're nuts. That won't work.
2: People Be- won't buy it. They and can it, do it now. Yeah, and they, oh, I love they it. They can do it and make it look quote unquote plausible. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, with superhero movies or superheroes with powers and stuff, they sort of had with the limitations of special effects. They had to really like. Hello. <laughs> they had to really like just sort of tease them, you know. They they wouldn't sh- they didn't want to show you all their powers and stuff because a it would cost a lot, and so you would always end up with just like a couple powers and then a tease of another something going on in there. But now you know why not? Why not show them all and and use them to cool effect? You know, right. especially in this because. You have so many mutants to choose from. If some of them start getting boring, you can just bring in new ones with different powers. You know? Did we miss the part where they were setting up the mannequins
1: and uh, and Hank was feeling the boob up on one of them? Because that's always the subtlest little thing to catch. Yeah, it's it's hysterical because there there's no attention called to it whatsoever. But it's one of those things you catch on like multiple watches of the movie that. He's just standing there with it lingering just a little too long with his hand on the boob of the mannequin, it's just hysterical. Yes, yeah, she does. Plop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you truly believe i fly this time <laughs> <laughs> I, trust you. I don't trust you. That's great! Oh, I love that shit. Love it, love it, love it.
2: You shouldn't be able to see those little dots coming out, but just them animating them in the way they did, that Mm -hmm. just, it's perfect. Yep. It might not actually work in reality. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Oh, I love it. That was it.
0: You're serious. I'm very serious. I have complete and utter faith in you.
1: I <laughs> look scared to death.
0: I still a bozo? Yes, Hank, you're still a bozo. A nice job.
1: I like that part. This scene coupled with the with the Nazi hunting scene again is like another one of those like this makes the movie scenes This is a powerful scene I think What The hell's that supposed to you know what I just <laughs> You know what I just realized? This is the lifting the X-Wing out of the swamp Yes.
2: Yes. Judge me by my hair, do you?
1: It's a nice scene. I love the music. The soft light. Just the combination in this scene. And the the single tear from each of them
2: is very effective. Well, Fastbinder is a master of crying on film. He really, like... I don't know what he's thinking in his head to get himself to cry like that but he's really good at like like I don't know if the actor played Xavier did the like you know fake tear thing but Passbinder right. wasn't a fake tear he like probably right. he look he looks just wrecked yeah his eyes have that like soaking wet look to him
1: Yeah he he does he looks shaken This is a powerful scene Great score in this part too Yeah I I really
2: really dig this scene Nice sound design, too. Yeah.
1: well, the sound design's fantastic in this.
2: And what I like is a lesser movie would have cut to, like, guys in the control room of the radio telescope, like, what's going on, you know? Right. And uh, they didn't. They just left it.
1: That was a good scene. (laughs) He's just standing
2: there with a gun. That would uh, make me a little nervous, I have to admit. This was the 60s, man. People didn't. Yeah. It wasn't as. Yeah.
1: I love the TV. That reminds me of the TV we used to watch Star Trek on.
2: Yeah, that's funny to think we started off watching Star Trek on black and white TVs. Yep. See, that does that ship that looks CG yeah it's the waterline on it yeah it's a little too it's going a little too straight like real ships have a little bit of Bob to them right as they as they float in the water man I want my own (laughs) sub the most awesome thing
1: that's the one to have right there too
2: Although I don't know if I would have encyclopedias in there, you know, <laughs> it's just not necessary.
1: See now, he looks like he's macking on her. That was the funny thing there. What happened to Emma?
2: Oh, he can mack on whoever he wants. Emma's in jail, isn't she? Oh,
1: that's right. She's locked up. Duh. Sweet. So this is the ooze from the turtles.
2: I hope so. Other, th- Either that or it's the reanimating fluid from
1: Reanimator. <laughs> I mean, why is it glow like that, you know? Is that really something you want to inject yourself with? <laughs> exactly.
2: It's always got to glow in this movie. Well, at least it doesn't have brown oh contaminant in it like this.
1: <laughs> A little Diet Coke and this reboot <laughs> machine, <laughs> takes out the professor.
2: Total Doctor Jekyll and Mr Hyde. Oh yeah. Perfect. I have freaking feet.
1: I wonder if it's that her hair is dyed. Maybe that's what. There's something about her that's always looks just a little bit off to me, and I'm not sure what. She's. I mean, she's definitely attractive but I'm wondering if maybe that's not her natural hair color or something. Oh, probably not. Oh, you just blew it, dude.
2: Yep.
1: Oh. Oh. Totally not what she wanted to hear.
2: Yep. Thought you might be getting laid sometime in the future, didn't you, Beast? Yeah, that's what you thought. He
1: just crushed her.
2: (laughs) Yeah, most most guys, the biggest thing in the way of their dick is their mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That was a lovely sentiment. It's true, though.
1: It's no, it true. true. I know so it many is. girls. Yeah.
2: I know so many girls who are like, "Hey, I kind of checking out this guy," and then all they have to do is say one thing, and it's just like, "X." <laughs> yep. Well, he's crossed off the list. Yeah. You can almost see that moment, like, where they where they just stop paying attention to them, just sort of turn off, and they're like, "Yep. All right." And I like that we have the. Well, this this is a, the the first scene with them playing chess was at the at the Washington Monument, right? Lincoln, oh no,
1: Lincoln Memorial, Lincoln, Memorial, right. right? Right, right. Lincoln, Washington, yeah. What's the difference? He's right. That's the that's the thing with this is that it's not about his philosophy. I think his philosophy is right. It's his methods. Right, right. But I yeah, I find myself agreeing with him. If this if this really
2: could oh, I'd happen, be on, I'd this be this with really true, Yeah. I would definitely be side I would definitely be on Magneto's team up until up until a point though. The thing about Magneto is and they made sure to do it in all the other movies and they don't really do it in this movie at least as far as I'm concerned is they always have that point where Magneto takes a bridge too far right uh, where he's just going to murder Im- innocent people for his own uses, you know, even though those uses to the some extent n- aren't good but they're understandable, but he's you right. know, you know the the means justify the ends to where, and you know to where he'll just machiavellian style kill people and even people he has nothing against like uh um rogue in the right. in the first film and uh and that's where you usually go oh okay that's right i i don't agree with this guy but it's usually just up to those points <laughs> that i'm that i'm 100 percent with him plus i'd rather see a movie instead of seeing mutants making peace with humans i'd rather see a guy who's master of magnetism tearing things up too <laughs> so, this is total. This reminds me of a little of the Angley Ang Hulk, too. Yeah. In a way, maybe it was because it was. yeah this was a bit after that movie. It's very well done. I love that. Yeah. See it through his eyes. It is. It
1: is. It is total Jekyll Hyde. It's. Yep. It's fantastic.
2: Very well done. And it doesn't have that feel. Even though it is one of those movies where it's retconning not retconning things, but, you know, doing flashbacks, oh here's how the beast started out and stuff like It right. doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like it's like it feels very natural. Yes. I didn't catch this the first
1: time I watched this, but that's actually Rebecca whatever her name is that was Mystique in all in the three prior movies. I didn't realize that the first oh, okay. time I saw this. Somebody actually pointed it out to me. Because the last time we saw her in human form was in the third X-Men, and she had dark hair, so I just didn't recognize her. That's and like- what it was. I thought that was a nice little... I mean, they actually brought her in just for that one shot. That's pretty cool.
2: And I like that they have the the romance between the two, you know, the le- level layer of romance going on between these two, because it's, it's almost at the same has the same feel as the characters had in the later ones with old Magneto, you know, where right. you were like, yeah. I couldn't figure out if they were a, a, a unit, you know, right, or if maybe they had been in the past or whatever.
1: They do the... Uh Revolve just in time so that you don't get a straight-on crotch shot there, which I I thought was tasteful. Because I wondered how they were going to do that shot when it first starts, you know? I mean, this is how she walks around in all the later films. Does that
2: really mean that she is nude in all the later films? Guess so. I guess she's nude all the time. She just makes her clothes anyway. Yeah, I
1: guess that's true. Yeah.
2: There's yeah. There's really no reason for her to wear real clothes ever. That would be a handy money-saving uh, mutant power.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no joke.
2: Go away, Baton. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Demar- the superintendent's gonna be pissed. Somebody asked that in every one of the movies, I noticed. They always look at the costumes and then somebody asks that. Do we really have to wear this? I never noticed that. Maybe not in the third one, but I'm sure that they do it in the
2: the first two movies. I like that they're the classic yellow and black.
1: (laughs) Yes, very much so. Yeah, I remember seeing the promotional images and and seeing those costumes reminded me so much of New Mutants. I was like, you know, I really, I'm looking forward to the look that these guys have.
2: It looks like, again, each one's just Elvis in this, with backlit like this. (laughs) Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen.
1: This is one of my very few criticisms of this movie. Is I'm not so sure about the Blue Beast. He works pretty well. I didn't like that they it looks went like the Wolf the, uh, Yeah, I, I didn't like that they went for the uh, the cat faced beast look because that was a later look that was adopted. I, I really don't. I'm not crazy about that one. It works though.
0: I wasn't. Even I got it, know
2: He looks like the actor eventually played Kirk. He looks
1: stoned all the time in this movie, though.
2: Who, uh? Banshee?
1: Oh, talking about, um, Havoc. Oh, Havoc, yeah, yeah, you're right. What's his name, Pine? Chris Pine? Pine? Yeah. It's nice to see Michael Ironside again. He doesn't have much to do in this, but it was just nice to see him. I always liked him. He was actually the voice of Darkseid in the DC Animated Universe, which I thought was pretty cool. I hadn't seen him in anything in a long time up to when I saw this movie. I don't know what he's been doing.
2: Yeah, I like both of these captains. You don't really have too much of to work on, but you get a good idea of their characters that neither right. wanna go to war. That guy is just creepy behind him, target yeah. there behind him. He looks like he's just trying not to crack up. It looks like he's just gonna start insanely giggling like hee <laughs> hee, at any second.
1: Yeah, I like this part a lot. It's a nice, it's a very nice blending, I think, between the real events and, you know, this fictionalized version when you, when you start throwing in the X Men and everything. I think it, it strikes a really nice balance.
2: I bet you there's a lot of people, like younger people, watch this movie and don't even know that this is a real event.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That, that, yeah, I know. I have no idea that this is, you know, this was something that actually really happened up to a point.
0: Looks pretty messy out there.
2: Yeah, that little, that little shot of him looking out the window and you can see the aircraft carriers. That's cool. It's really nice. (laughs)
1: Kick in the face. Boot to the head.
2: (laughs) And I like, you know, when you had the, when you had, um, Nightcrawler in the last one, you had that sort of thing where it's like, oh, mutant looks like Satan, this guy looks like the devil right but it makes you think ah, you know maybe a couple thousand years in the past there was another one of these mutant guys and uh, got up to some trouble you know and that's where the story of demons and the devil came from you know in the right. X-Men universe I like how they sort of
1: well I like that at the end of the movie both of them both um, Mystique and, and Azazel wind up going with Magneto because I don't, you know, I don't know if it was ever confirmed in the X Men movie universe, but in the comics, she was Nightcrawler's mother. Azazel is clearly his father, so I like that they put them together at the end of the movie to, you know, to where that character could be created. Maybe they can use him in later movies again.
0: The Russians they fired on their own ship. A little warning next time, Professor.
1: Give me Starfleet command. <laughs> this poor guy. He didn't do anything wrong, and now he's going to. He just woke up and he's going to Siberia for the rest bridge. of yeah. his life, brig. What?
2: <laughs> they say the comrade lost his mind. The Americans are applauding. Eh? They're here. Nice purple suit, by the way. I hate to tell him that his captain's chair looks like a dentist chair. (laughs) Looks like he's about to get a haircut or something,
1: actually. (laughs) Just a little off the sides, please.
2: Something about the lighting and everything makes it really feel like they're in a... flying around there. Yeah. I don't know the beast's voice still works
1: in that form. It feels like it should be more resident or something. You know, like 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 deeper, more in the chest kind of voice. They didn't really boost his bass or anything, did they?
2: I don't think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think you could survive that wind shear falling
2: out like that, but I can go along with a gag. I don't know. It, it you know it seems like they're going real fast because they're right up over the water, right? But like it's when you're in a plane, you gotta be going pretty fast. That's actually jet-fast, though. I was gonna say, I jumped out of a plane and we were going pretty fast, but not... not That was a propeller plane. Smack! Yeah, that would pretty much uh, knock you out cold, I think.
1: That is a great special effect. That... Oh, I love it. Ow! Very clever idea. I think some of the flying stuff in this, from from this point on, uh, some of the flying stuff with uh, with Banshee and Angel and the other characters, I, I think is some of the best flying effects we've seen in movies for quite a while. As far as you know, superhero-related flying,
2: looks really good. I keep expecting to see, like, red makeup stuck to anything yeah. any touches.
1: <laughs> They've done a good job with that to where it doesn't rub off or it doesn't look fake. Yeah. I think the red actually looks a little bit better than the, than the blue makeup the other characters are wearing in a lot of ways.
2: You see, physics-wise, this doesn't make much sense to me because it would be pulling the jet down, you know, too. You would have Magneto's power, but he'd be hanging from a jet. So, I don't know, maybe the beast is also raising the jet into the air.
1: Yeah, I was wondering that exactly how that works myself. I mean, is he drawing it to himself, or is he... Yeah, how does that work exactly, but like I say, I can go along with a gag because damn is this scene. That looks
2: really cool.
1: It does. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm wondering how they're doing this. Is this CG? Yeah. Is it model work? I mean, if that's CG. CG, it's some pretty damn impressive CG because usually water effects don't work in CG and that just looks awesome. I mean really really awesome I love the music fantastic
2: well you know I mean CG can look really cheesy but when you do it right you can and you do it with a little bit of uh, restraint you can have have something still look majestic and like it's really happening
1: well, that might also be a... Uh, now, right here is a little bit silly. Why doesn't he just rock the sub and throw this guy off? There's nothing tethering that guy to the top of the yeah.
2: flip it the conning up. tower.
1: Maybe it was all he could do to on, yeah to do what he was already doing,
2: though. Well, then you could always just drop it. <laughs> that would put a that would put a damper in whatever they were doing anyway,
1: right? It's pretty
2: much what he does
1: right. oh, that's yeah. great. That is great. I mean, that could have come off so cheesy or so unbelievable, but it actually looks real. It looks like. I mean, that is one of the best crashes I've seen since like the Enterprise D crash in in general. That just looks fantastic. See, I'm wondering if maybe some of the water effects are actually real, composited over a CG submarine. Could be. Because didn't they do something similar to that with, um, like, in episode one, a lot of the CG effects? You could, like you could make a model, paint
2: it like a green screen, and then pour water over it. Yeah,
1: exactly. They yeah, composite it. And they composite it. it, yeah. That could be because it's it's the water coming off the sub as it lifts out of the water that makes it look so convincing to me because you, right? yeah, okay. uh, you know when I've seen this movie before I always look at that and go if that's model work it's damn impressive because usually you can tell models in movies like that when it comes to water because the scale of the
2: water it, it is wrong can't trick the
1: eye yeah. Right.
2: right you can't get yeah you can't get rivulets to run in the same way in the same scale <laughs> exactly <laughs> by just making them smaller they they turn the right. they don't have the same physics to them
1: they didn't have that problem here which is why I wonder you know how the, how exactly they did that That's cool.
2: Ow. <laughs> I love that he just runs right over his body, basically.
1: <laughs> Good fight scenes.
2: well I'm guess I I hear in the new movie that these characters are picked up in the 70s
1: I hope we get all the same guys too I I hope that we don't get like you know X3 syndrome where you know we got attached to like say Nightcrawler and then he's not in the next one with no explanation I hope we get all these guys back again because like I said I really do like these guys I want to see Havoc and Beast and these other ones in there. Her, I can kind of live without.
2: Yeah, I've been sort of... I've been avoiding reviews of it, because there are reviews of it out already. Already? Yeah, oh yeah, it's had previews. And they're all positive, by the way, pretty much. Has he been underwater that whole time?
1: I'm gonna presume he has not, but he I has. think that every time I see that scene, that
2: you know, has he really been underwater that been a entire good ten time? minutes? Yeah. What? He's got to be, there. He has to be There's nowhere else he can be. Keep looking, and I'm telling you, he's not. There's no one here, it. <laughs> I like that all Make- the shelves are cleared out, though. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Eric? Eric?
2: I love this whole so, part.
1: This oh up. yeah. That those flying effects look really good.
2: They those there are very those look like a camera's just picking up something going by real fast. Yep. It's got all the feel of like a sports shot or something, you know, at a race race car race or something.
1: I want to know how they got these shots in a room full of mirrors. That's got to be some CG involved yes. there. To take the camera out. Got to be.
2: Wouldn't you think? Well, yes, because... Yes, we should see the camera right behind his shoulder. Yeah. From where the camera's positioned, it's it's not positioned in a... Po- you can... I mean, there are tricks to film in rooms full of mirrors. And, you know, I mean, if there wasn't, then a lot of filmmakers have really, like gone to so much effort in the past cuz it's such a like it's almost like cliche, you know. Right. Full of mirror. You know the the the, the um it's usually a, a final battle in a funhouse mirror where you shoot at somebody's reflection and stuff like that. But right. I mean, where these cameras are positioned, you should be able to see everything. And there's no way that it's a full 360 set like this you know it's like a half a set and the other half is 15 sweaty cameramen and grips and electricians standing around chewing gum with their ass cracks hanging out like (laughs) plumps what I love about this is he's totally screwing himself by breaking those mirrors
1: doesn't even realize it
2: And that's another thing I liked is, a lot of these movies, no matter how much I like them, the, the weakest part is always the third act boss battle. Right. And this is not your classic boss battle. No, it's not. This, there's nothing weak about this scene at all. No, it's not just like... The, uh, all the Iron Man movies suffer from... Pretty much every superhero movie suffers from it, no matter how good. It just ends up with a, a boss battle at the end right and this one ends up with a cute you know culminating battle but you really feel the stakes in it a lot more cuz right it's the Cuban Missile Crisis and the way it plays out it brings back a little bit of the serious um, gritty aspect of the beginning of it when Magneto was a Nazi hunter nice trick
1: You got a little something
2: on your forehead right there? A little scurf there. A little bit of a rash. Uh,
1: See, I like that. He's actually cut up by the mirror that he busted with his body.
2: I think you You might uh, have a peanut allergy or something. You're getting a little (laughs) rash on your face there. (laughs) How many movies
1: take the... Yeah, very much so. But, you know, how many movies take the time to actually reflect A little bit of damage done to somebody when they go through a plate glass window or through a mirror or something like that. Most movies don't.
2: No, they don't.
1: And here we're seeing that no, he's all cut up because of it. I like that. I like that attention to detail.
2: Did you see that his eyes were tearing up just as he was about to pull his hat? He was connecting with his past and getting a little some of the anger and anguish. This scene is fantastic.
1: Yes, it is.
2: It's incredibly powerful. Su- superhero movies should really pay attention to this, because this actually has a <laughs> resonance and meaning and is kick-ass. Although, it's funny. Upon the second watching of this, it's like, Xavier, Xavier is sort of complicit in all this. Even though he can't read Magneto's mind.
1: He could let him go, yeah. He could let this guy go. But he knows that he can't do that. He can't
2: let him go because he'll kill Eric. But at the same time, he's also got to experience... Unfortunately. (laughs) What's going to happen here. (laughs) I love it, and I love how they film it, too.
1: I like that they didn't just freeze frame... Kevin Bacon. So you can actually see a little jiggle in him from time to yeah. time.
2: A little of and The almost first like, time I
1: saw that, I thought, well, that's kind of, you know, they, they should have fr- freeze framed him. But I like it because it actually, you can reflect that as
2: it's his struggle to break away from yeah. Charles's hole. Like he that. knows what's going on. Right. Sees He's what's fully going cognizant. on. And,
1: yeah.
2: and for the first time, he can't. And I love it. And he just. I I love it. See how the camera moves. Just, I love it. It's.
1: Yeah. Rip.
2: (laughs) Icky. There's even just the tiniest little spatters of blood on the floor too when it hits Just mm-hmm. a great little detail yeah love that scene though i mean that's a that's hardcore yeah it <laughs> that's is that's kind of an r-rated scene we'll never have another opportunity. See, it's not the
1: typical you know we've got to be the better man you know let's not descend to there in the level that's like no that's it's not Magneto's character. Up, <laughs> i'm killing this son of a bitch because he
2: killed my mother i I'm totally down with that. And once again, Magneto's completely right cuz they're going to wipe him out out of fear, yep. you know, just
1: Crunch, the human sucks. That's sas-chi. a nasty sound when he hits the ground right there.
2: Guns moving the he's right you know yep but I love it I love that they don't play it black and white you know Xavier's got a point Magneto's Magneto's got a big Magneto's actually got a way better point than Xavier does I like his
1: dialogue in this. That there are several parts of the movie where he he makes very salient points and where he where he tells Charles, you know, are you really naive enough to think that they won't battle their own extinction? I, that's a great line. He's got that one and he says something 100% right here about, you know, the Neanderthal running scared. I like that one too.
2: but it portrays humans as uh, as you know real humans as being mm-hmm. incredibly fearful and knee jerk in the reaction but also you know very you know very good and decent and also i mean both of these both of these military leaders are are not portrayed as you know just stereotypical warmongery that's a
1: great shot Yeah, but it proves Magneto's
2: point. Yeah, I think I'd be running. I had no point at that point. You could run, but how far are you going to get? Although true. I imagine if I were one of the teleporting mutants, I would be teleporting by now. <laughs> oh my! I,
0: I like how it's... I like
2: how both leaders are both like guys. <laughs> Been swell sir <laughs>
1: yeah. I like how Charles makes a critical error in trying to reason with him. Right here. Just following orders. That was completely the wrong thing to say.
2: Yes. There's a lot of that in this movie. There's a lot of people saying the exact wrong thing at the exact wrong time, you know, owing, you know, in the context of someone's personal past. Oh shit.
1: I think it's time to order go home or something on the ships there. They just kind of wait to uh, get blowed up. They don't, you know, they're, I, maybe they're just so stunned. Once again, it takes
2: a, a while to turn around and start, you know, to... But at to, the
1: same rate, to just stand there and wait for, you know, the bombs to come to you. Do
2: something. Not out running bombs them. with a with a heavy Navy ship. Gentlemen, it's been an honor, <laughs> Time to stick your head between your legs, kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> Blah!
1: Oh yeah, that's right. He's crippled. I totally forgot.
2: First time I watched this, yep. I, I
1: I felt really sad. I was like, "What's oh, going yeah, on there?" Right.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. Well, because this movie is so well-written, they're not going for the, we're going to explain every aspect of... Right. You know, at least they didn't have, like... They had a mention of him saying something about his hair, but, you know, the, it, it wasn't just like this movie, let's go to the past and have everything explained. Right. They it's sort of like do. The- they sort of achieve that, but they do right. it but it's in not a natural like way. A-
1: it's not like the first 15 minutes of Last Crusade that gives you every single thing that formed Indiana Jones's right. personality in a single afternoon. Yes. You know?
2: And this gives some meaning to his... I mean, he, he basically... He he lost his spine in saving <laughs> the world. <laughs> so, right. A- avoiding the, the Cuban Missile Crisis.
1: Good scene. <laughs> yeah, I like that
2: scene a lot. Real acting. Oh well, yeah, most definitely. Real acti- Real actors working their way around a real script remember that hollywood when you make man i i just superhero. you
1: know the the you know the thing with this seeing it the first time is that i didn't expect any of this right so now i hope that hasn't set me up for a big fall with the new movie because now i'm going to go in expecting at least this you know what i mean
2: yeah he
1: has says Set a, a new high water mark, and I'm nervous about the new one. As much as I'm looking forward to it, I'm nervous that everything that's made this one great behind the scenes is changing because it's not the same director, not the same composer. So, right. I well, I, I think this director nervous. is
2: superior to Brian Singer. I th- yeah, and Bryan, it's
1: Singer that's coming back.
2: And I think, but I think Singer will do his Singer thing, and they'll be feel. There'll be parts that feel like this, but it's going to be an amalgam. You know what I mean? It's going to have right. that 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 feel between the the old films. I have a feeling it'll be a more of a mover. You know, see, bang, I still bam, say bam, that they, one thing to another movie like his other ones.
1: I still say that I think the way that they, you know, granted, I we, you know we have not seen the new movie, so I don't know for sure. But I think a really interesting way to go. Would have been to have two directors, two composers. So you've yeah. got the classic feel of, like, say X two during the Brian Singer portions of the film, and then you've got the feel of this movie during the '60s sequences, I, I or '70s, whatever era it's set in. I think that would be an interesting way to go. It's a nice effect. I hate to point it out, but um, how are they getting home? Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Or do the jets
1: crash? The submarine is on the beach, and Azazel just took off with everybody else. So seriously, ocean. how are they getting home?
2: Yeah, they're just sitting on an island in the middle of the Pacific.
1: It's a nice shot. Love the music.
2: Well, it's... Oh, you never saw the third Batman movie.
0: Ago,
2: the yeah. Yeah, there's, there's one point where he crawls out of a hole in the middle of the desert somewhere, and then the next scene he's back in Gotham. Mm-hmm. I want my yeah, own I, secret mansion.
1: I think I'm pretty much prepared to go the rest of my life and not see that movie. I thought that was his plastic wheelchair at first, but I don't think it is.
2: I would have just put him in a regular wheelchair at this point. I wouldn't have had him in a in a special XE Wheelchair, but that's yeah. I don't. Why.
1: I don't know that I would have him crippled yet. I don't know that that was completely. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm just not sure it was completely necessary in this particular movie. But then again. I get the feeling with these movies that they've been made one at a time. That they haven't really been made with right.
2: the next movie in yes. the sequence in mind. Yeah, each movie is sort of in charge of <laughs> working what came behind it into right. what it is. But yeah, there's no master plan. All yeah. I know is when, when I went to see Godzilla, they had a trailer for this. And he was walking. So I thought it was maybe he went before, but it, But then I heard it takes place in the 70s. So there's something going on with him walking.
1: Right. I woke up at home.
2: Yeah, I don't know. She got the I'm anxious to see it, though. Yeah, she did. Either that or he just told her that. <laughs> I love that. Get her out of here. Total and also just total like sixties sexism thrown in. Just was <laughs> that? Uh who is this? I love it when somebody just picks up the phone and does that.
1: the hell was that? Uh yeah, this is the typing pool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wondering what you guys wanted for lunch? We're we're ordering out. <laughs>
1: Love the outfit.
0: Where's your telepath friend? Go. Left a bit of a gap in my life if I'm to be honest. I was rather hoping
2: you would feel it. <laughs> oh, kinky. I like the reflection of the lights in the back of his helmet. Look really cool. Ah what the hell. Love it! I'm rocking the helmet. Doesn't give love me a it.
1: This uh, credit sequence is fantastic too. Yes. Very much mirrored on the old uh, broccoli bonds. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I, I I'm hoping that this made for an interesting commentary because I didn't have a whole lot negative to say about it i mean i dig it top to bottom i uh i I can't be down on it because i i'm every time i watch it i'm more and more impressed with how well it works john dykstra
2: i noticed that yeah he's got to be like a hundred now right i know and i wonder what he's doing like i wonder if he's just there to like help them with the digital you know help them with making the digital effects look nice maybe that's why they looked extra realistic in this one
1: yeah it could be i don't know i am i am just always so impressed with this one it really did just kind of come out of nowhere to really uh really shock me and surprise me
2: but i dig it
1: It it's definitely in my top five
2: (coughs) well i didn't even see this one in the theater I remember I found it when it came out there was a DVD rip that ended up on somehow into the internet's. I don't know what the legal um, ramifications of that are, but right. I got that and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll check this out if it's for free." And then I ended up just getting sucked into it. And and then I went and then like I think it was a week later I went and saw it at the movies. I had to see it on the big screen, you know. Right? And, uh, yeah, it, it may, I mean, I don't know if it had something to do with me having zero, zero, zero expectations for it. I I actually thought it was going to suck. <laughs> when I was seeing the trailers and stuff for it, I was like, Ur, this looks kind of half-assed, you know? And they didn't really... They they Like, the trailers all sort of pushed that last sequence in it and then right. started getting Nazi, you know, post- World War Two, Argentina, Nazi hunting and stuff. Oh boy. Yeah, I remember. You know, I remember not being particularly uh,
1: excited by the trailers or anything. I actually thought, based on some of the trailers that I saw, I thought it was looking a little cheesy. Yeah, I the, special it, the special effects were e- cheesy. Yeah, it did. It didn't. It didn't really look like it was going to entertain me. And I had. You know, I had made up my mind that, you know, well, it was a new X-Men. I'd enjoyed the other movies to varying degrees. I was going to see it, but I wasn't going, going to go to it. I was going to, you know, wait for it to hit video or whatever. And I'm trying to remember, I want to say it was Mike Bailey. So I'm I'm pretty sure Mike messaged me and was like, dude, you got to go see this movie. He's like, you, you know, you will really enjoy this yeah. movie. And just, you know, based on that recommendation, I was like, all right, well, I'll bite the bullet. I'll go. And I think the boys had been bugging me to go see it anyway, that they really wanted to go see it. So, you know, those two factors together, I was like, all right, what the hell, I'll go and, you know, I'll, I'll risk 10 bucks or whatever. And, and went and just, like I say, just completely blown away. I was like, holy shit, that was not what I was expecting. Yep. You know, I really went to this thinking that, eh, it'll be all right. You know, it's a, it'll be a, a, a nice way to kill an hour and a half or whatever. And just... Top to bottom, you know, top to bottom, just blown away by it.
2: Hats off to the writers. That's all I gotta
1: say. Absolutely, because it, it is. It's got a, it's 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 got everything that this kind of movie needs. It's got a really strong uh, story and uh,
2: it, it's well plotted out. It's, it's well got directed. A st- stronger story than it actually really needs. Right. So yeah. It could have gotten. This movie could have gotten away with being a lot more light and cartoony and colorful. Which is what the trailers made it look like it was going to.
1: Right, be. yeah, definitely.
2: And um, in, instead, they really sh- they really shaded it in very well. And I well, mean, I the, think, the, the bad guy is always the most interesting character, so that that always helps. I think it strikes
1: like the perfect balance between the comic booky elements when you have things like banshee with his actual outfit from the comics flying the way he does with his sonic scream and all which is come on it's patently ridiculous it strikes a nice balance between that and trying to take that, that semi real world approach but without pushing it so far into the light that it makes it Right. more ridiculous. While still acknowledging again, you know, this you, is
2: a superhero movie. Right, you know. but
1: I mean, you had said it yourself earlier that, you know, Hollywood needs to look at this and learn some lessons. That's one that could definitely be, I mean, DC it could, needs to really study this movie and take a look at it and, and see, you know, how it works. That you can do real world, you know, in a certain degree where you can still throw the, the you know, right out of the comics, comic book element into it and still make it work. It's a, it's, it
2: just, it can be be blended. It just has to be real enough. And this is something that I thought the, the new Godzilla movie um, benefited from. It's just, it it doesn't have to be real enough so you could get a scientist in there and go, oh yes, you know, this is exactly how this would (laughs) happen. And this, this would happen. It just has to be real enough. So that you don't feel like the movie thinks you're a, a moron sitting there, you know, right. thinking that, oh, they won't notice that, you know, this wouldn't happen this way. It gives you enough of a, of a rationalization of why everything's doing it, and if it makes the characters um, really relatable and interesting then you're sold you're in it and then after you get out of the movie and you're like that was great you can maybe go back and go yeah that might not have worked or something but you don't care you know at the time so yeah they i mean it was just skillful is a word that comes up a lot when i think about this movie yeah they 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 had a lot of pitfalls to avoid with this movie they had a lot of ways this movie could have gone really wrong and really sucked and uh they avoided all of them and in avoiding them they were actually i can't remember what that fight that martial arts fighting style is where you use somebody's inertia against them but right. it used all the their like pitfalls against themselves and yeah it turned it into a superior film absolutely Absolutely, the I agree. pinnacle of X Men month so far.
1: Most definitely. Well, as I say, if uh, if things uh, work out as planned, then we should have a uh, a review episode in there somewhere for the new movie if uh, if we get time. But whether that happens or whether it doesn't, uh, that pretty much wraps up X-Men Month. We hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, we hope you come back at the beginning of uh, next month. All of June is Planet of the Apes Month. We're going to start right off. Now, if you go back through our library, you will find that uh, I'm not sure what episode it is, or I'm not even sure how many years ago it may have been. But
2: Before we even started really doing Commentary Monthly monthly, Month, we might have just did it as a It's a commentary. It's a fifth week or something.
1: That's what I'm thinking. But at some point in our past, Chris and I have done the original Planet of the Apes, the, the 1968 Charlton Heston film. So we will not start with the original Planet of the Apes. We feel we've covered that one. And, of course, at some point we probably will be discussing points of that one anyway. So what we're doing, here's basically the plan, is that there are five Mondays in the month of June so we will be covering, uh, in order, the remaining four films of the f- original five film set. So You've got Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Escape From, Conquest Of, and Battle For. And then on the fifth week, we will be doing a commentary for Rise of the Planet of the Apes, All of this, of course, in anticipation of the new movie that's coming out in, uh, I believe, in June. It's uh, Dawn of the Planet of
2: the Apes Mm -hmm. that uh, I'm sure that we're both really, really, really Really. looking forward to. Well, there's going to be some Back to the Bins synergy, too, with some comics
1: going on. Absolutely. uh, We're doing a crossover with uh, our buddies over at uh, Back to the Bins, and we will be discussing... Basically, all of the Apes comics that uh, have existed over the years. We're going to start with uh, the Marvel Comics run. We're going to discuss uh, the Adventure Comics stuff. There was a, uh, a very brief blip on the radar, flash-in-the-pan style comics company that was out there at one time called Mr. Comics, which was a uh, Canadian uh, publishing house. They published a, I believe, if i memory serves, I think it was a six-issue miniseries. Uh, related to the Planet of the Apes and then of course we'll be covering the uh, Boom Studio stuff and somewhere in that mix I'm sure we'll, we're going to try to find time to talk about things like the Power Records and Gold Key Comics was actually the very first company that ever adapted uh, anything Planet of the Apes they uh, they did a one shot adaptation of Beneath that uh, again you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll try to find time to talk about I'd all that stuff to at some find point that. So.
2: Yeah, let's see what that looks like.
1: Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. I, I have a, a CBR, but I don't have the actual issue myself, but really looking forward to this. Um, I don't know about the other guys, but man, I've been living in Apes world now for months getting uh-huh. all this shit read. I have read pretty much every comic related to Apes now, and uh, it's been a labor of love. I've, I've really had a blast doing it, so can't wait can't wait for both the commentaries that we're going to do here on Two True Freaks and uh, and all the comic talk that we're going to have over on Back to the Bins. Really, really, really looking forward to it. So I uh, want to make sure that you guys join us for that. So again, all next month, Planet of the Apes.
2: <laughs> if you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at TwoTrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Visit
1: our website at twotruefreaks.com Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S
2: you can email Two True Freaks directly at 2 truefreaksgmailcom at gmail.com.
1: Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the
2: number two.